Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come boldly before your throne of grace, not as mere peasants, but as kings, as lords, as servants, as above all sons, sons and daughters that are in the Son. We come approach your throne, and Father God, we're asking you to lead us and to guide us by your Spirit I pray, Father, that we will never be the same. May our level of understanding increase. Father, this is also worship to you, the teaching of the Word of God. We're very grateful. May we be mindful of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Father, we're so very grateful that you loved us through Christ. We're so very grateful, Jesus, that you died for us. We're so very grateful, Holy Spirit, that you came to indwell us. We, we are not alone. We are not orphans. We are empowered by the Spirit. Jesus saved us. The Holy Spirit fills us. And Father God loves us. And we are just so very grateful for that this morning. And Father, as we dive into your word, may, may your word bring revelation, transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about Christ is our righteousness. Everybody say, Christ is our righteousness. Now say it with some gusto. Christ is our righteousness. Come on, a little bit. Christ is our righteousness. Let's, let's say that two more times. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. Let's think about what we're saying. Christ is our righteousness. Okay, based on what we shared last week, let's give a, a recap. We've been doing the confession series since the beginning of the year. I believe the second Sunday of January, we've been talking about righteous, the confession, and this is part of our confession. We need to confess what God has done for us in Christ. And so um, last week we talked about accessing, um, access granted through faith or by faith. Access granted by faith. That, that uh, podcast will be up um, probably by the end of the service. So you need to go back and revisit that. That is a very important message. Um, Christ is our righteousness or Christ is our right standing. The word access, we talked about it last week, means a way of entering, a portal, reaching a place. It's the opportunity or right to use something or to see something. It's a door. So when we say access, granted, we're, we, we, have, we have a door that we're going through. We, we have opportunities that we don't have. Um, if you know, like, say, for example, you go to a concert. Um, I don't know who y'all listen to these days. Um, but if you go to a concert, let's say, um, what's the old boy named Drake? Um, you go to a Drake concert um, and you want to know about in your, being in your feelings. And so you, you just kind of go. And, and, and let's say you know Drake, right? You and Drake go way back. Like, y'all, y'all kind of grew up together. Y'all hung out or you know his relative. He's your god brother. Or, 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 you know, something like that. And so you go to the concert and because you know Drake, you text him and say, hey, Drake, I'm, I'm going to be at the concert. I'm bringing my family. And he says, OK, when you get there, um, I'm going to give you a code. And this code is going to give you some tickets that's going to get you backstage. And, it, uh, and basically, I'm giving you I'm giving you the access to go where no other people can go. And so that's what Jesus did for us. He gave us access into the grace of God where, where there was the grace wasn't the grace was accomplished or accomplished many things. But that access gave us what we needed to walk in that grace. And that's based on Romans chapter five, verse one and two. So um, last week we talked about it is through faith we have access to what God has done for us in Christ. 
God has done all that he's going to do in Christ. So God has done, you know, people once often want to know the love of God. I want to know God loves me. I want to feel his love. How many know that Christianity is not a feel-good religion? Um, it will affect your feelings, but we can't base our lives on how we feel. You know, oftentimes young people say, uh, or older people say, I'm in love. I feel in love. I feel so loved. I feel, and, and, and just like Drake said in his song, in your feelings, you, you, get, you get caught up in your feelings instead of in your faith. If you're basing your life on your relationship with God based on a feeling, the devil makes sure that you're not feeling good all the time. And so it, your feelings come and go. We, we're, 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 that is part of who we are, but we're not to allow our feelings to control our lives. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like you're saved. So, I mean, you know, we're not saved based on our feelings, right? I mean, you, you, you got saved by faith, right? You didn't see Jesus die on the cross. You don't see the Father. You don't see the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, you didn't see Adam fall. So by faith, we believe that Adam fell, right? And we believe that we need a Savior. So everything that God does, he's going to do it through Christ by faith. He's a faithful God. He's a faith-filled God. He is, um, he uses faith. God uses faith. He spoke the world into the existence through his faith. Um, Mark eleven twenty two. 22, we often quote it. Um, it says, have faith in God or have the same kind of faith that God has. And so we're to use our faith for the things that God has done for us in Christ. And we talked about faith appropriates the work of Jesus to our life. Faith reach it. Faith is the, um, faith is the hand. A uh, faith is a hand that reaches into what grace accomplished and brings it into reality in our lives. Uh, I, I don't know if you got that. Faith is the hand that reaches into what grace accomplished and makes it a reality in our lives. Romans 1, verse 16, 17, I'm, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all that believes. Notice that the gospel is the power of God, and it is, it is available to all, but only to all that believes. It will not be applied to all. It's only to those who believe. So your faith has everything to do with your Christianity. I'm preaching better than you say amen. amen. Faith is a way of life. The just shall live by faith. We're saved by faith. We walk by faith. We please God by faith. Everything that about God requires faith. He's a faithful God. And he's a God that demands faith. According to your faith, most of the miracles took place in the Bible. According to your faith, over half of the miracles, Jesus didn't just go and pick random people. It was according to your faith. The woman with the issue of blood, often I talk about her because she pressed her way. If she did not press her way and operate and, op, and, and um, act on her faith, she would not have been in the Bible. How many people that you know who are not healed, who are not delivered, who are not saved, who are not filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, one guy is, I love him dearly, but he's praying to speak in tongues. He's been praying for speaking tongues for 20 years. He'll never speak in tongues unless he does it by faith. If you're waiting for the Spirit to move on you, you might be wait, waiting a long time. And our faith moves the Spirit. Come on. Our faith moves us in a place to receive from the Spirit. Amen. So we're, we're talking about Christ is our our redemption, um, our salvation is already accomplished in Christ. Glory to God. We don't have to do anything for our salvation. Isn't that good news? We don't have to work. We don't have to pray five times a day. We don't even have to read the Bible every year. Some of y'all will fail miserably. <laughs> y'all miss heaven. Oh, God, I didn't read the Bible. Depart from me, you, you one who didn't read the Bible every day. Um, I mean, and I'm not saying you not to read the Bible every day, but I'm saying it's not based on whether you read the Bible or whether you pay your tithes or whether you come to church or whether you witness or whether you, you fast. Because I'm saved, I read. Because I'm saved, I fast. Because I'm saved, I give. Are you with me? Because I'm saved, I witness. Because I'm saved, I love. Because I'm love, I love. Because I'm forgiven, I forgive. I don't forgive based on what other people do. I forgive based on I'm forgiven. And it's, that's the foundation. He set the standard. Christ did. 
Oh, let's go over there. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter, uh, Romans, um, Rome, no, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're talking about Christ is our righteousness. Everybody say, Christ is our righteousness. I want that to sink down inside of you. Christ is our righteousness. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's look at 31 and 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, let all bitterness. How many know you got some bitter people? We, there's bitter people in the world. There's some bitter Christians. Bitter about life, bitter about um, their finances, bitter about their weight. <laughs> oh, just bitter, bitter. Just, just, they just took the apple of bitter and just became bitter. They didn't come better. I mean, you, you, you have to make life better, not bitter, right? Switch the record around. Flip the script. Uh, don't be bitter. Be better, right? Uh, okay, you hurt me, but I'm going to be better. All right, I'm going to grow from this. And whatever you're going through, you grow from it. You go, you suffering is producing patience and endurance. If you go through a little bit, it just makes you stronger. You have the ability to stand when everybody else is falling. Glory to God. Um, um, let all bitterness and wrath. People want to take, you know, they want to bring judgment and anger. How I many know that it's easy to get anger? Angry about stuff. I mean, the Bible does says be angry, sin not, but don't allow your anger to control your life. Uh, Minister Allen says that often uh, emotions are meant to inform us, but not for us to live by. Um, um, uh, so don't allow, let bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, okay, slandering people's names. Um, it doesn't make your count, can't candle lighter uh, if you put down, blow out somebody else. I mean, it doesn't make you a better Christian because you put down another Christian. Uh, I, I think that we, we think that we think that if we put down somebody else and, and make them look bad, it makes us look better. It just makes us look bad. Um, let slander put, be put away from you. So you have to do some things. You got to put this stuff away from you. Uh, and then it says, along with all malice. Then verse 32. Be kind to one another. It doesn't cost to be kind. It'll cost your, cost your feelings, your emotions, but be kind. Just be kind. You, you never know <laughs> the people that you're kind to, to, to today. Maybe not. They, may, they might be your, your boss tomorrow. Be kind. Be kind. Parents, be kind to your kids because you may need them one day. <laughs> just like you needed your parents. Kids, when they get older, may need their parents. And parents may need their kids when they get older. It's a cycle of life. So be kind to one another. It's, it's amazing we have to tell Christians to be kind. God, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, had to instruct Christians, spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians, to be kind. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. How many know that you got to forgive? If you're in marriage, you, you, that is the definition of marriage. <laughs> Forgiveness. You're forgiven all the time. I forgive you. And you're doing the same thing. Didn't I tell you <laughs> to put your dirty drawers in this temple? Uh, can you please scrape your, paper, your, uh, 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 your plate off? Please. Can you please, uh, I'm thinking about a wife, um, can you please put the lid down on the toilet? <laughs> uh, please, can, can you please help her out? I mean, I, you, I know you've been working, but I work too. I mean, I mean forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, Christianity, marriage is an opportunity to, to maximize your Christianity. I mean, really, like you really have to forgive daily in moments, not just daily moments. And then you have kids, you got to forgive them. I forgive you. I, for, I forgive you. You're doing the same, same thing. I forgive you. I've been around some unsaved people. I mean, just forgive. Just uh, I forgive you. And then, okay, let's talk about the church. Forgive. You're in my seat. I mean, I mean, you don't want to say hi to me. I mean, you just, I mean, you just act like I, something's, I mean, just forgiveness. I mean, you just got to forgive. Go, at work, you got to forgive. You got to forgive the boss. 
You got to forgive the teacher, the instructor, the professor, right? I mean, the, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a, a C on this. But I would put a, oh, forgive, forgive. But no, no, not, that doesn't mean that you don't stand up for your rights, right? Uh, but at the same time, you're just like, man, I mean, I can take this to heart. Uh, be kind to one another, forgiving one another. And I, this is the point. Of, as God in who? God in who? God in Christ forgave you. God in Christ forgave you. So if you need forgiveness, you're not going to get forgiveness from God unless you get to Christ. This is a good evangelism, evangelistic tool. There is no forgiveness outside of Christ. You cannot be forgiven for all the things you've done unless you come to Christ. See, the world and other religions, you have to work for your forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you, it slipped up into the church. It creeped into the church. What we do is, um, God, um, if you please, please bless me with this. And I, I promise that I will read my Bible. I promise I will go to Africa. I, I will. Lord, if you tell me, Lord, please get me out of this financial situation. I, I promise you I will tithe the next time. I, I promise that, that I, I'll make sure I fast when the church is fasting. I promise, you like bargaining with God. What, what, it is, what, 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 what are we doing? We're trying to negotiate our forgiveness. We're trying to negotiate our God's blessings. God, 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 if you, if you, can you just fix this? Oh, Lord, can you please not let them find out what I said about them? I promise you, if you do that, Father, I, I, I will, I, I, I promise you, I'll fast next week. Y'all act like I'm the only one who ever done that. <laughs> I mean, negotiating with God and, and just trying to be in the hand of God or, or get God to turn uh, 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 his face away from a situation. God, please, God, please. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't need to throw yourself on the mercies of God, but you don't have to bargain with God. Christ has Christ is our righteousness. Next week I'm preaching Christ is enough. Christ is enough. That's next week. Um, this week, but I, I want you to know that he did what we were supposed to do, what we failed to do. He is our righteousness. He is our righteousness. And we talked about this, how our deliverance is in Christ. Some people are trying to get delivered. They're trying to get delivered. Oh, they go to deliverance services, and they cough up, and they spit, and, and they go through a, a, a series of deliverance. How do you know, PD? Because I've been there. I, I went to a deliverance church. Every Sunday night was deliverance. Uh, I talked to one pastor recently, and I was telling, telling them about um, how the Lord used me in deliverance. And they said, well, I thought you didn't believe in deliverance. I said, excuse you? I said, isn't it in the Bible? Yeah. But I just, you know, I said, but I think what it is, is what I've seen is access. I've seen people just use deliverance as a means to do something that God has already done. According to Colossians 1, we've been delivered. It's just a matter of walking in it, receiving it. I don't think it, God meant for Christians to come and, and go through a series of deliverance. There's a theology, and I'm going to preach about it. Demonology, I'm going to talk about where demons come from and how to get set free, how to set, pe how to set other people free. But there is an excessive teaching or erroneous teaching that you've got to go through series of deliverance in order to be who God made you to be. And then there's the generational curses. Everybody, it's easy to blame other people's decisions on my behavior. My, my daddy was adulterous, so that means that I got to be an adulteress. That's, that's that generational curses stuff. Oh, daddy was a slut. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he did some of everything. He, he did cocaine. Uh, so that means that it has to fall in my line. No, but I thought you're born again. I thought that the blood made a difference in your legacy, your lineage. I, I, I think the blood is enough that, that I don't have to get somebody to break a generational curse over me. What it really is is a generational, generational talk and generational behaviors. 
You saw mama do that, so I'm going to do recycle. Uh, mommy, mommy took in any man that was willing to say I love you, so the girl grows up and believes and do the same thing. It's not a necessarily a curse in the sense that there's something on me or some spell, but it's just that I learned this from my mommy. I learned this from my daddy. I learned this from my grandparents. I saw things. Um, I think sometimes even the poverty, a generational curse of poverty. No, I, my mom and dad didn't know nothing about money, so therefore I don't know anything about money. Come on now. Financial education is not about the church or the, or the school system teaching. It's about your parents teaching you how to handle money. You're in debt because of the decisions you made. Not because mommy and daddy didn't know nothing about money. No, there's books, there's internet. You got no... Excuses. Dave Ramsey has done the work for us. We just got to apply those steps, right? We got to, and, and, and I'm not limited life to Dave Ramsey. There's so many other people, but I'm saying he's saved. He's, he believes in tithing. You know what I'm saying? So that he's a good person to follow. But anyway. <laughs> um, uh, our prosperity is already gained in Christ. Our safety, our soundness of mind, our destiny, our purpose, and so forth. So that just uh, that was a brief from last week. <laughs> so let's go to um, let's go to First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one. Christ is our righteousness. Let's say that two more times. Let that sink inside. Next week is Christ is enough. First um, Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. It says, "God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, that are, so that no human being must bo might boast in the presence of God. God designed the system so that no one can boast." He designed that you cannot boast of your strength because when you're strong, that's really when you're weak. But when you're weak, he, he, flipped, he, flipped the, he flipped the script on us. When you're weak, you can say you're strong. Because when you're weak, God, how many know that God designed for us to be weak? He designed our need for each other. He designed our need for him. So Christ is our righteousness. See, Salvation. There's a song by um, Sandra Crouch, Andre Crouch's sister. And, and years ago, I was a kid, and when this song ca came out, um, and, and the song is a choir song. It's like, glad that I'm saved, something similar to that. And in the lyrics, um, they begin to sing, the choir begin to sing, um, nobody can do it, nobody, nobody but Jesus. In other words, you can, we can't get saved without Jesus. There is a gospel that has been preached that points to us as our righteousness, as our means of salvation. But I'm here to tell you boldly that we cannot boast outside of Christ. Christ is our righteousness. Let's look at this. Um, and because, okay, let's look at verse 29. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So you cannot bring your righteousness you cannot bring your works to God and say, God, I did all this. The question always often comes is, um, that person was such a good Christian. Why did these things happen to them? Why do bad things happen to good Christians? Well, it's not their goodness <laughs> that makes them a Christian. It's Christ's goodness that makes all of us Christians. That set somebody free just there. We're not, it's not our working, it's not our life, it's not our do's and don'ts. It's what Jesus did. Amen. Let's look at this. Verse 30. And because of him, <coughs> because of who? Uh, no, 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 no. Let's look at context. Context is king. Because of who? God who? Who's who? God who specifically? Uh, no, no, specifically, God who? God the Father. Most of the time, when you see the word God in the Bible, it refers to God the Father. So we, 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 are, we are Trinitarians. We believe in the Trinity. So it's important that we see this. Because of God the Father, you are in who? You are in Christ Jesus. It's because of God the Father. Oh, 
You mean to tell me our salvation is based on God and not us? That's that's good news. All other religions are trying to work. Listen, people say, well, Jehovah's Witnesses, they just so committed. But you know, they're more committed to their own righteousness than they are to your salvation. Oh, I just said a whole, I just said a whole bunch. They have to get out and go door to door and witness in order to earn their place in Jehovah's kingdom. <laughs> so don't look at what they're doing as something to be admired. They're working to obtain what Jesus has already done. Muslims are out trying to obtain what God has done in his son, Jesus. Every other religion, are see they're seeking righteousness within themselves. Let me get to a state of enlightenment. Enlightenment. Let me become, we do it, self-religion. Self Let me become educated. Let me do right things. Let me have a community development center. Let me do something for humanity, thinking that I'm a good person. And the Bible boldly says in Romans chapter 3 that there's no one good, no one that stands righteous before God. So all our good works are really not good. <laughs> um, it's really what Jesus did. Oh, come on now. Um, that is what the Bible calls dead works. Um, 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 we have um, celebrities. They're doing, good, they're doing stuff for humanity. That's good. I'm not saying we need to do that. I'm not talking, away, talking against that per se. But in the sight of God, those works do not make them righteous. And we equate our righteousness based on what we do. And God looks us, look at us as righteous because of what Jesus has done. Oh, man. Um, and because of God the Father, you are in Christ Jesus, who became, who became to us what? what? What does the scripture say? Who became to us what? Wisdom from God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Everybody say, Jesus is, Jesus is the, wisdom the wisdom of God. <laughs> Jesus, God destroyed the wisdom of the world by sending Jesus. The wisdom of the world expected God to come as a king, as, 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 as ruler over all humanity. But Jesus came, he was born a humble birth. He was born with a virgin Mary. He came a different way. He came a way in which the wisdom of this world did not detect. Let, let's look at this. I, I don't know if you believe me quite. Believe me. Jump down to chapter 2. Um, let's look at verses 6 through 13 real quick. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, because, but we impart a secret hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> so Jesus is God's secret wisdom. He is God's hidden wisdom. The mystery of the gospel, the plan of God, the will of God in Christ. God hid before the ages of time. He hid this wisdom in Christ. And if you read Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs chapter 8 talks about wisdom. Let's go over there real quick. Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8. Oh, man. Why do I feel the teacher on me? Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Thank you, preacher. Proverbs chapter 8. Let's look at verse 1. It says, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the, the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Besides the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals she cries out loud. To you, O men, I call and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I speak noble things. From my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There's nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to understand who understands. They're all straight to him who understands. 
and write to those who find knowledge. Take my instructions instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell in prudence. I found I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is, is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil. And, and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight and I have strength. You get wisdom, you'll get strength. You'll get counsel, you'll get prudence, you'll have sound judgment. Uh, by me, verse 15, by me, talking about wisdom, by wisdom, kings reign, and rulers decree, decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles are all who govern justly. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches are uh, riches and honor are with me, enduring rich wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold. My yield, my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness in the paths of justice. All right. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work. The first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depth, I was brought forth. When there was no spring abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I have been brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. He, he drew a circle on the face of the deep. And when he made firms the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters may not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight. This is talking about God the Father and wisdom. Wisdom is God's daily delight. Oh, man. Sounds like Jesus to me. Rejoicing before him always. Rejoicing in his inhabited world. Delighting in the children of men. Let's stop there. I can go on. Go back to 1 Corinthians. So Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. If we want to know God's wisdom, we look at Jesus. All right. Let's jump down. I, I didn't mean to say all of that, but thank God for his word. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 20, verse 30. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, what's, what does it say? Let the one who boasts, boast in who? The Lord. So if there's going to be any boasting in Christianity, it's going to be in Jesus. <laughs> it's going to be in Jesus. So we'll talk about Jesus, our sanctification, Jesus, our redemption later on. But today I want to focus on Christ is our righteousness. So the question comes to mind is what is righteousness? If Christ is our righteousness, what is it? I'm glad you asked. Righteousness, there, here's several definitions. Righteousness is a state of integrity and relations to God and one's fellow man, expressing itself in one's acts and speech. So according to this dictionary um, definition, um, Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible, it says that righteousness is a state of integrity in relation to God and to one's fellow man expressing itself in one's acts and speech. Another definition of righteousness is conformity to a certain set of expectation, which vary from role to role. Righteousness is, fulfill, is fulfillment of the expectations in any relationship, whether with God and, or other people. Let me say that again. Righteousness is fulfillment of the expectations in any relationship. So how many know that God the Father has some expectations? You got the Ten Commandments. You got the laws of God. So there are some expectations that God expects from all of his creation. And a, def a simple definition of righteousness is right standing with God. Right standing with God. And the last one that I'm going to emphasize more is the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt and condemnation. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt and condemnation. 
we have Christ as our righteousness, that he is our right standing with God. He fulfilled the expectations of the father. The Bible says, I don't have time to go there, but in Matthew chapter five, verse 17, Jesus says, I do not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. His righteous life or his life fulfilled the law. Adam did not fulfill the law. The law was given, according to Galatians, to point to our need for a savior. So what did the savior do? He fulfilled the law of God. Where the law was condemning us, Jesus embraced us. Jesus gave us what he did. Okay, you work at a job, right? Uh, there is an expectation for you to fulfill every single day, right? Um, you have co-workers who don't do it. OK, they're not fulfilling their expectations. They get fired because of the lack of fulfillment of expectations. But you work a whole year fulfilling the expectations of your employer. All right. But you got a co-worker who talked about you, who dogged you out, who hated you, who tried their, uh, their best to, to get one over on you, always pointing you out your shortcomings but he's laid off or she's laid off for a year but you worked a whole year and you saved every because you're in a relationship with your husband or your wife uh, or, or a parent or something your whole paycheck goes towards savings their paycheck take care of you all right so let's talk about this co-worker that doesn't like you actually the co-worker is an enemy of yours you work a whole year and you earned your wages, come on, or your salary. <laughs> and so you get to the end of the year and you go to your co-worker's house, your former co-worker's house. He, he or she is not trying to be in relationship with you. But you go and says, you know, I did the job and I worked a whole year. And here is a year's wage to take care of you for the rest of the year. That's a little illustration of what Christ did for us. Where we failed, where we were not meeting the expectations, Jesus met the expectations and turned around and gave it to gave us the right standing as if we did it. Oh man. He gave it to us. He fulfilled the law. Don't worry about it. You got one law. You got actually the greatest laws is to love God with all your heart, soul and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. The law of Christ is your law. I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to fulfill what God expects so that his hand of judgment can now become his hand of favor. He turned that wrath and that judgment into favor. Now I am God's favorite child because of what Jesus did. Oh, man, that was worth driving over here this morning. <laughs> Let's go back. Go to Romans five and, and I'm going to quit. I'm not going to be Cleveland, but I'm going to be Minister Allen. Romans five. <laughs> Romans five. I want to beat my, Dr. Miles Moreau. <laughs> Y'all don't know, Dr. Miles Monroe could, could teach for eight hours and you still on the edge of your seat. You're like, oh, oh, oh God, go, go. I got to use my afro, but I don't want to miss it. <laughs> uh, amen. So I'm going I'm to meet a couple people when I get to heaven, but he's one of them. I say, hey, yo, what's up? <laughs> Purpose. Um, Romans 5, verse 1, and you know, we talked about, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever God's going to do, he's going to do it through Christ. Just keep that in mind. Whatever God does, he's going to do it through Christ. He's not going to do anything outside of Christ. Um, 
we have been we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. How many know as Christians you're gonna suffer? Come on. There's gonna be some sufferings. If you think that Jesus came to get rid of sufferings, you have in the wrong religion. <laughs> this is a religion of suffering. This is a bloody religion. I mean, he's, God sent his own son to the cross. So what makes you think that he won't send uh, you and I? He tells us, pick up your cross daily and deny yourself and follow me. So there's some cross bearing. We're going to have to carry some cross. All right. Don't believe in a, 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 a crossless Christianity, a bloodless Christianity. God is a bloody God. He believes in blood. He says, you know what? Kill the cows. Kill the goats. Kill the, you know, I mean, he requires blood. I mean, what a religion. <laughs> I mean, normally without the spirit of God, you were like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> the blood of Jesus. I mean, you got saints, though. I plead the blood. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I plead the blood. <laughs> I mean, we, we sound crazy to the world. So when I plead the blood, I just do it quietly. <laughs> I plead the blood. I plead the blood in Jesus' name. I mean, you got somebody speaking in tongues. I mean, you speak in languages you don't even understand. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> oh, you believe that God's going to provide your job, give you what you need, and then some without you working for it. <laughs> oh, he's your provider. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, he uses our jobs to provide. He does. Don't, don't quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows how to supernaturally provide for you. You believe God leads you throughout the day. You, th you believe that there are angels, unseen beings watching over you. Oh, accident. <laughs> I mean, you, we, don't, we, can't even, we don't even see these angels, but they're all working. I'm like, oh, man, there's an accident. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> You've been pushed, <laughs> you pushed aside. You believe in a spirit that came inside and lived inside of you. You believe that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God himself dwells in you. How crazy does that sound? Oh, God's going to send his son through a virgin. Allow your virgin daughter come home and say, I'm pregnant by Jesus, by Father God, by the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. Like, what is wrong? Jesus, let's go take you to some counseling. <laughs> I mean, I know oh, oh, my time is up. Because I'm trying to beat Minister Allen. <laughs> I put a timer. I said, I'm going to beat this joker. He, he preached for an hour and a half. No way. Hour and 20 minutes. I'm going to beat him. All right, I'm, a, I'm still going to beat him. <laughs> All right, let's go real quick. Um, so rejoice in our sufferings. Why should we rejoice in suffering? I'm going to tell you why. I know Apostle Paul is going to tell you why. Knowing that the suffering produces endurance. So you don't thank God for the trial. But you thank God for what you are becoming in the trial. Yeah. <laughs> People talk about trust the process, but what if the process makes, makes you a mess? <laughs> you don't always have to, don't trust the process, trust the God who's taking you through the process. Um, produces endurance, and endurance produces character. So my suffering does not necessarily produce character, but it's my endurance, my patience that will produce the character that I need. The char character produces hope. Let's jump down to verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, everybody say at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would even, dare even to die. But, the, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, we have now, uh, we, we, uh, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if I, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And that is um, enough to live off of. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He lived a sinless life. He stood in our place condemned. Minister Allen has a, a message on SoundCloud called In Our Place or In Our Place or In Our Place or He Stood in Our Place Condemned, something similar to that. Um, so let's talk about this real quick. What exactly did Jesus do? How Jesus is, how Jesus is our righteousness. Okay, first we have peace with God. 
where there was once beef between God and us, now we have peace. I can boldly approach him without being consumed because of Jesus. Another one, we have obtained access by faith into grace. We have obtained access by faith into grace. Jesus gave us the access into the grace of God. Jesus gave us access into the grace of God. What is grace? Um, some will say it's unmerited favor. Unearned, right? Favor. Undeserved favor. You know, I love it when God gives us favor when we can't even earn it. That's grace. God, somebody favors you and you did nothing for it. Your children, you favor your children and they don't have to do anything. You love your kids no matter what they do. You who are evil can love your kids without them doing anything. How much more your heavenly father who loves you, who's good, who's gracious, who's righteous, loves us. And we don't even have to do anything. We are God's favorite children. We are favored by God. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can. I mean, if he put up a, he did put up a standard. We did. We fell short of the standard. I mean, we fell. Where children of Israel failed in the wilderness, Christ fulfilled the will of God in the wilderness. You remember they were in the wilderness. It was only a three-day journey. How long were they in the wilderness? And Christ was in the wilderness. Forty what? And he fulfilled everything that God desired. He overcame the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He, he conquered the enemy, whereas the children of Israel failed. What was supposed to be a short journey became a lifelong journey. And Christ accomplished what, where they failed. Everywhere you see in the scriptures where God promised judgment to Israel, Christ is the one that received that judgment. Israel did not actually get all the judgment that God promised to give them, but the Holy One of Israel did. So we have obtained access by faith into grace. Okay, check this out. Christ is our righteousness. Christ died for the what? Ungodly. That's a mind-blowing statement. He died for the ungodly. He did not die for the righteous <laughs> because there was no one righteous. <laughs> He did not die for the godly. He died for the ungodly. So when you mess up, which you will, know you got a Savior. His blood is available to cleanse you. I mean, he is more anxious for your forgiveness than you are to obtain it. He's more ready to get forgive you than you are ready to receive it. Oh, man, we serve a good God. This is the goodness of God. Jesus made it possible for us to, to receive the forgiveness. And then we talked about it is through Christ God showed us his love for us. I said it last week. Don't go around wanting God to do something spectacular to prove his love for you. God, if you love me, please let a sign. Show me a sign. Give me a sign. I hear DMX in my head. Give me a sign. <laughs> Don't ask for a sign. Why? Why? Because a wicked and a, gener a perverted generation asks for a sign. Lord, if you love me, let a star be bright <laughs> or let it be red. Oh, do you see? Oh, man, God loves me. And now you base God's love for you based on a sign. No, don't look at the love of God if you get your prayers answered or not. If you if you bless uh, financially or you healed in your body. God, if you really love me, then heal me. No. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. I'm not dealing with your feeling of loneliness so I can just satisfy your feelings. I want you by faith to look at what Jesus did for you. Don't, I mean, I've heard, I grew up in church. I was born in church, right? My, uh, uh, if you love, you know, right now, just, and I've seen pre preachers do it and I hate it. Just hug yourself. Oh, and just imagine he loves you. He's hugging you right now. Wrap me in your arms. Oh, yes, I love you. Oh, he's dancing with you right now. Oh, the spirit is dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
No, 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 no. That's still a feeling-based religion. Because what if you don't feel love? His love does not change because you don't feel like you love. I mean, he, he loves you when you feel good and when you don't. We ought to praise God when we feel like it when we don't. We need to read the Bible when we feel like it when we don't. We need to, you know, do acts of kindness when we feel like it. You know, your job, you feel, you go to your job whether you feel like it or not. Come on now. You go to your job sick and everything. <laughs> I got to make this money. <laughs> I ain't got no more sick days. <laughs> you know, other countries, they don't, you know, they take off all Germany. You can go off as many days you want, but I, I got I to gotta work. You got to be a parent whether you feel like it or not. Lord, why do we have these many kids? I don't even understand. Like, you got to be a parent whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, so why do we base our relationship with God on our feelings? Now, don't, don't destroy that song, Wrap Me In Your Arms. Right? <laughs> I mean, I like it. I have it on my playlist. Uh, but but we, I, I want us to grow beyond that. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk based on our faith, not based on what we feel. Whether you feel like it or not, you go to job, you, you eat, whether you feel like it or not, most of the time, right? Uh, you, you go to sleep, whether or not you feel like it. Or not. I mean, sometimes you got to make yourself go to sleep. You look at your favorite shows, whether or not you feel like it or not. Let me see what's going on. <laughs> I mean, we do. Let me check my, my status, my, my Instagram, my phone. Come on. We do what we want to do. Look at the Father God. Listen, he loves you regardless of how you feel. Don't ever doubt his love. Don't ever doubt your salvation. Christ did it all. Oh, man, that's good. That's good. Real quick. Um, I'm closing my Bible. Um, Christ's blood justified us. It talks about that in Romans 5, 1 through 11. Christ's blood justified us. We're saved by Christ from the wrath of God. So when God, when there's wrath being poured out on the world, we're saved by Christ. Just like Noah in the ark and, and his family members and those animals, they are saved. They were saved from the judgment and the wrath of God. We are reconciled to God by Christ's death. We're saved by his life. And we have received reconciliation through Christ. I'm going to stop right there. Who are you today? You are loved by God. You are righteous because of Christ. You are, you've been declared justified by Christ. You, it's by faith through Christ, or it's, it's by grace through faith we are saved. Uh, he is, he is our righteousness. Ephesians 2 says he is our peace. He is our, it doesn't mean that tranquility, uh, only, but it means that he is our peace. He is the mediator. He is the one that made peace with God for us. We could not make peace with God without Christ. Christ is our righteousness. He is our peace. He is the prince of peace. He distributes peace. He is the gospel of peace. Your feet shot with the gospel of what? Peace, glad tidings, and peace to the world. What, what, what's that peace to the world? It's through Christ. Christ is the peacemaker. Christ, and we talk about peacemakers, but Christ is really the ultimate peacemaker. He made peace with God Almighty. And we stand before God as if though we never sin. God sees us like he saw Adam and Eve before the fall. My sins and your sins are separated from you as far as the east is from the west. It is what Helen Baylor says, the sea of forgiveness. There is, he, he, it's not that he's, going, he's losing his memory, but when he sees you, he sees Christ. He sees his righteousness. He sees his blood applied to your life. No longer are you afar from God. Now you are drawn near by the blood, Ephesians 2. You are near God because of the blood. You're not near God because you did these great acts. It's the blood. It's the cross. It's the death. It's the resurrection. It's the person of Jesus. Close your eyes. Receive that 
understand, we see that understanding of Christ being our righteousness. Receive the understanding. Christ is our righteousness. He is our right standing. He is our fulfillment of the law of God. He did it all. He dropped the charges. He separated the sin from us. He became, he received the wrath so we can receive the favor. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And it is with his stripes we are healed. The chastisement or the punishment of our peace was laid upon him. We're no longer estranged from God, the Father. We're no longer enemies of God. We are saints of God. We are friends of God. We are loved by God. We are in the beloved. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Worship. Just worship God, the Father, and, and God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Worship the triune God. Thank you, Lord. No longer am I striving to become what he has given us. In Romans 5, it continues to say that um, righteousness is a gift, the gift of righteousness. We are righteous because of what Jesus has done. You can never grow in righteousness. You can never become more than righteous than you are right now. Let me say that again. You can never become more righteous than you are right now. Now, you can become more holy, but not more righteous. You cannot improve on the right standing with God right now. You cannot do it. Christ did it all. Christ is our righteousness. Next week, Christ is enough. Um, he is our righteousness. He is our right standing. He is the mediator. He is the man. He is the God man. He is the propitiation for our sins. He is the beloved. He is the chosen one. He is the worthy one. He is the one that lights the new heavens. He's the, he's the light of the world. He's the lamb in the lion. He's the lily of the valley. He's the seed of the woman. He's the prophet that Moses prophesied about. He's of Abraham's seed. He's the son of David. He's the bright and morning star. He's the son of righteousness that Malachi talks about. He is the one who was in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights, like as Jonah was in the belly of the well. He is our righteousness. He is our right standing. He is the one that took away our sins. He took away our shame. There, there's a scripture, Romans 8, 1, and this is it. There is therefore now no condemnation. What does that mean? No condemning sentences to those who are in Christ Jesus. God is not condemning me because I'm in Christ. And I praise you and I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord. Let's just work. Stand, join me standing. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We worship you. Let's just thank God for being, Christ being our righteousness. We thank you, Christ, for being our righteousness. Christ is 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 our righteousness. Come on, let's just worship God just a little bit more. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. He's our right standing. He's my, I, I, can't, I, I can't give to earn something with God. I can't pray enough to earn something with God. That doesn't mean you don't need to give. That doesn't mean that you don't need to pray. But I can't study enough to earn right standing with God. I can't purchase enough Christian books to be right standing with God. Um, I, 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 I can't avoid sin enough to be right with God. Uh, Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. This week, your only application is to meditate on Romans 5 and to meditate on him being your righteousness. 
throughout the week, just, oh, Lord, I thank you that Christ is my righteousness. When you're at work tonight, Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. He's my right standing. He's my right standing. He's my, he's the one that fulfilled the law. He's the one that obeyed God perfectly. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. And applied it to my life. He applied it to your life. Oh, his blood was sinless. And so, therefore, it makes me as if I have never sinned. I do, I do sin, sin, as First John says, but I have an advocate with the Father. Oh, God, glory to God. An advocate, a lawyer. Father God, I, I, Father, I applied. I, I died for them, and I applied the blood to them. By faith, they are cleansed. By faith, they are delivered. By faith, I, I, I've done everything that was possible to get them into the gates of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, play a little bit. Play a little bit. Let us think about it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.